Welcome to the Dimensions of Greatness podcast, everyone. Hope that you had a blessed weekend. Praise ye the Lord. God is good. He's worthy of all of our praise. He's worthy of all of our exhortation today. He's worthy of the glory, the magnification of his name. We need to lift him up even the more. We have some powerful revelations today that are going to deal directly with the praise of God, everything that's due unto him, how we're going to magnify him and why, how we're going to bless his name and why, how we're going to give him the glory and why those things are so vital, so important. It's uh, crucial that we understand that in this time and in this season, because God has many, many blessings. He used the word innumerable, innumerable blessings that he wants to release to the people of God today, even now, saith the Lord, many, many, many miracles. Many obstacles are being removed. Hindrances are being destroyed. The adversary is being bruised under our feet and everything that's coming against the people of God and our forward motion and our momentum in God is being destroyed today, saith the Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, I just ask that you cover this word, that you cover the minds of your people, that you cover the ambition, the hope and desires in your people, that their desired, that their desires will be fulfilled in you, oh God, in the name of Jesus, and that you would continue to offer dimensions of greatness even now, even now, even now, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray, Psalms. 101 says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. His truth endureth to all generations. We're going to touch on that a little bit today. We're going to touch on a lot of different things. We have revelation alerts like crazy. We got revelations to the left, to the right. We got revelations coming from the north, from the east, from the south, from the west. We have the word of the Lord today as it pertains to a dimension of greatness. We're still talking about dominion. We're still talking about the 12 sons of Israel, the 12 sons of Jacob. Why the Lord is leading us in that direction is because it's important that we know why Jacob had 12 sons. I cannot stress that enough. Um, when the Lord begins to build architecturally, he has a design. He's meticulous. He's purposeful. He's highly, highly, highly exalted above our thoughts and above our ways. So in order for the spirit of revelation to grace us, through mercy, we have to understand certain things so that God can begin to reveal himself and show us how to, in fact, possess the land. The land possession was not just for the 12 sons. God established that order. God established that system. He established that cycle for such a time as this. We have a greater opportunity because we've been filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in fire. So we even more, even more opportunity, even more access to possessing a land because our reach is greater. We have a more opportunity to expand in our hope, in our ambitions in God, because we've been baptized with the Holy Ghost in fire. The children of Israel were not, um, 
privy to the understanding of the baptism of God's spirit and fire, unfortunately, but we have been given the mediator who has released his spirit unto us. And I'm going to talk about the mediator. I'm going to talk about the priesthood. We're not dealing with Levi too much anymore. We have moved on to the fourth son. We've moved on to Judah. I touched on it a little bit last week, but I was not completely um, I had not completely opened up that revelation, but today we're going to touch on it here and there a little bit more. I want to establish a foundation. I want to be clear. I want to be concise. I want people to receive a blessing. I want people to receive revelation. I want all the listeners to be full of knowledge as it pertains to dominion and why dominion has to be accessed through this particular method of understanding the 12 sons of Israel. If you don't understand the fullness, the Bible talks about the fullness, the full scope, you will only possess certain blessings, but never the full intention, the full ordination that God preordained before the foundations foundations of the earth. The foundation is important. The foundation has to be laid. It's very key. But God says in this time and in this season, God says even now he's releasing a blessing. Last week, we talked about the order of the blessing or the order of Melchizedek. I touched on that. To me, they are the same thing. The order of the blessing and the order of Melchizedek represents a royal anointing and an, um, a priestly anointing combined together. We try to have greatness and we try to have the goodness of God, the goodness representing the royalty, the nice things, the flashy things, the big home, the big car, the wealth laid up and stored up. And that's all fine and dandy. That's great. God has given us all things that pertain unto life and God, godliness, and he's come that we might have life and life more abundantly. That is the word of God. But we need to understand the principle behind those things, the system behind those things, so that we can obtain the full blessing, obtain the promise, and that nothing will be lost, nothing will be missing, nothing will be lacking. And furthermore, that we can um, share with others the blessing of God and understand the purpose of the blessing. So last week we talked about the order of the blessing, the order of Melchizedek. How do you know, um, how, how many people know that Melchizedek was priest, excuse me, and king? There aren't many references to him because I'm going to discuss that today. I'm going to recap first and then I'm going to discuss a little bit more about Melchizedek and then we're going to talk about how the order of Melchizedek relates to the order of dominion and the 12 sons of Jacob. What does Melchizedek have to do with Simeon and Levi and Judah and Issachar and Zebulun and Ruth? Like what is it? They all, all things work together for the good. So I have a very great word today. I have a very powerful word today. It's going to be awesome. The Lord is going to shine his light through the spirit of revelation. So I need you to open your spirit, open your mind, um, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would understand the hope of his calling. Like I said, it's very key. It's very crucial in this time. So um, Genesis 29 and 34, we discussed last week, Leah had um, Reuben, Leah had Simeon, Leah, who is Jacob's first wife. She had Reuben, she had Simeon, she had Levi, and she then had Judah. Okay. So we discussed Reuben and we discussed the glory and the power of being able to create, being able to manifest a promise. That's what Reuben represents. He was the firstborn. So he is the first fruit of the promise. Every promise has a first fruit. If God promised you 
um, success and wealth, he's going to birth it through a particular fruit. He's going to birth that promise through a particular fruit. I discussed in previous episodes, you might want to go back and listen um, to Ruben. It talks about um, birthing out a promise, establishing promises, very, very powerful revelations concerning that. It's important because they all go together. That is why you can start a business and the business is not successful because you created something, but it didn't attach to the promise. The second son, Simeon represents the promise. And then, um, you might've established it to the promise or had an understanding of the promise with your business, which is the first fruit of the creation, or you wrote a book, but it didn't sell, but God promised you that your book would be successful. So Now you're trying to understand promise and you're studying promise and you're studying covenant, you're studying contracts and the legalities that deal with um, executing um, agreements and and access to covenants. So you've been studying that, but still no breakthrough. Then you have the third son, Levi, which actually began to birth the priesthood. It began to birth the um, the fulfillment of the tribe of Levi, which welcomed us into an anointing. What is an anointing? Anointing is purpose. So you had the business, but it didn't do anything. You had wrote the book. It didn't do anything. You opened the ministry. It hasn't went anywhere or done anything like God showed you that it would because now you have to connect the promise you have to connect the first fruit with the promise connect the promise with the anointing and a lot of people think the anointing is a hoop or holler or it's a being slain or being knocked down in the spirit the anointing can manifest in that way but the principle governing the anointing that will cause you to be powerful is purpose so if you have a good idea you started a business you wrote a book you started the ministry those are great things and those are dimensions of greatness, but the fulfillment and the fullness of that greatness will not manifest without the purpose. Has the purpose been activated? So people think the anointing is having these great spiritual encounters and that can be a manifestation of it. But overall, in the mind of God, the anointing is purpose, 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 because nothing trumps the purposes of God. Paul talks about it. And I think I want to say the book of Corinthians or Romans, um, all things work together for them that love the Lord are called according to the purpose. So that is key in the mind of God. It's key in operating in the spirit. So uh, Genesis 29, 34 says, and Leah conceived again. She conceived again. She conceived again. She conceived again. Like I said, you started the business and you sold a few things, but you need to have another birthing force to take the business to the next level. You started the ministry, but the ministry hasn't grown as you expected it to. So you need to conceive again. Now, the conceiving is not the bearing. The conceiving is not giving birth. You conceive the idea. I'm going to be a multimillionaire and I'm going to help every woman in the world to be great through these different means of, um, technology and this and that, and it's just going to be great. And this is going to happen. Those are conceptions. You've conceived something great. You conceive that there's a dimension of greatness accessible to you and you want to pursue it. But that doesn't mean you've given birth. Another thing the Lord is saying is that sometimes people think because the idea is there that they birthed something or are birthing something. You have not bore a son just because you've had a great idea. So once the idea is conceived, you have to bear the fruit. That's where the Reuben comes in, uh, the first son of Jacob. 
Remember, this is very key. You cannot have one without the other. If you want the fullness and the totality, you have to understand one, two, three. Now, God might not necessarily um, give you those things in order. We'll talk about that later. Now, one, two, three, and four have to be done in order. I'm going to explain that in just a second. But the the different graces that come with uh, Dan, uh, the fifth son, uh, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, those can come at any time. A Joseph can be birthed in the spirit right now today without necessarily going through the revelation of who Dan is, who Zebulun is, who Issachar, and who Benjamin. But one, two, three, and four, you cannot surpass those. The anointing of Reuben, the anointing of Simeon, the anointing of uh, Levi, especially, you know, Moses took the children of Israel into the promise through the tribe of Levi. So there is no going in without Levi. You have to have number three. The Bible says that the number three represents an establishing anointing. So the third son, Levi, represents to establish, but God purposely joined and Levi means to join. Levi means to attach. So he joined the power of the tribe of Levi, meaning a priestly anointing. That's where the anointing flows from Aaron's beard. He purposely let Levi mean attach, join, connect, fellowship, union. And it, Levi can connect any way he wants. That glory can be established any way it would like. But God particularly likes to connect it to one, meaning your first fruit, meaning your idea to have a business, your idea to be a mother, your idea to be a, a, an evangelist, your idea to do this and do that great things in the kingdom of God. And he'll connect that priestly anointing to that because it has to be governed. So every blessing, every conception, when you're pregnant, your body governs that baby. Everything you put in your mouth is going to trickle down to the baby. So that's another way of looking at Levi. Levi covers and governs your blessing. It covers and governs your anointing. It covers and governs your promise. The second son, Simeon, represents the promise. So you had to have a power to attach the promise to the anointing, to the creation, to the first fruit. And then you have number four, and we're going to get into Judah. But I wanted to, I just wanted to give a little background so that we, we understand why this is so key. Because God is releasing powerful blessings today through the order of Melchizedek, like we discussed last week. So Melchizedek is key. It says that she bare a son. Now, this time, will my husband be joined unto me? So she gave birth to Levi. Now my husband will be joined. So there's the, there's the power to connect. So like I said, it's connecting everything together. Just because you pray does not mean you're going to be blessed. It does not mean that. You can pray until the I mean, you can pray down rain, but it doesn't mean that that rain is going to saturate the earth in the way that you intended because there has to be, the system has to be acknowledged and there must be an order. The devil is fighting the order. The devil is fighting the system. He fights your prayer life so that you can't get the revelation of how the system operates in God. And so these things are key. Now, this time my husband will be joined unto me. Now she had already had two sons. She had already had Reuben. She had already had Simeon. But he, but the husband wasn't loving you. The blessing is not, you don't love the blessing. You're miserable in this business. You're miserable in this ministry. <laughs> but when the, when the third anointing comes, the third child, the third tribe, Levi is birthed. Then you love what God is doing. See, this is why this is key. He, she said, because I have borne him three sons, therefore his name was called Levi. 
verse 35, and she conceived again and she bare a son. She said, now will I praise the Lord. She had one son. She had two sons. I mean, every child is a blessing, but every business is a blessing. Every ministry is a blessing. It's intended to be, but there are systems that add virtue to each birthing that you have in God. There are powers and glories that add virtue. I can give birth to anything right now. Matter of fact, I'm going to use my daughter as an example. And I thank God all the time for her because I didn't know that my daughter would have such a virtuous life and so many, and I don't mean, um, I don't mean as, as far as, um, I mean, she's just very gifted and God has given her many avenues of success, but I, I mean, it could have went differently. That grace did not necessarily, I wasn't promised that grace, but God gave it to me as mercy and she is successful and her head is on straight and she wants to do great things in God and she will do great things in God in Jesus mighty name. But always it's that's not always the case some people have issues with children some children go left and right the bible even says that some children can become wayward and so there's a virtue that's placed on the child's life there's virtue placed on your business there's virtue placed on your ministry there's virtue placed on your calling this is what the third son represents okay this is important before i get into the powerful 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 revelation of the fourth son okay so she said now will i praise the lord she has the fourth son his name is judah she called his name judah and she left bearing she left bearing she had four sons and she stopped for that particular moment. That's why I said one, two, and three, one, two, three, and four must come together. Your ability to create something great, your promise to fulfill it, the priestly anointing to govern it, meaning you've submitted it to God and the praise report. Those four things go hand in hand. You might not necessarily praise God in the beginning. You might not praise him until the fourth anointing has been birthed. The fourth child, the fourth conception has come forward. Okay. So I'm going to just add a little bit to what we discussed last week, a little bit to that recap. Psalms 110 and four says the Lord hath sworn and he will not repent. David is the king. He comes from the tribe of Judah. He comes from the fourth son of Jacob. This is David hundreds of years later. The Lord hath sworn and will not repent, meaning God is not changing this. God is not changing this. No matter what happens, Jesus coming, the rapture, the end of times, you getting the Holy Ghost, you becoming a millionaire, you not being a millionaire, you not ever being in ministry, you being in ministry, it's never changing no matter what happens in your life. You praying for 30 hours a day, it's not changing the order. He will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. This is the word of God. That's not changing. So there's an order of Melchizedek. We're going to touch on that. And we're going to touch on Judah before you can reap the blessing or experience the power of Judah. You have to understand Melchizedek. You have to, this is very important for people that are not into revelation. It's very important that you open your mind and allow God to pour into you the significance of his word. This is the word of God. Paul also mentions throughout the new Testament in the book of Hebrews, especially that Christ is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Paul says this numerous times that Christ, if Christ had to come after this order, if the Lord and savior, Jesus Christ had to pattern himself the same way, how much more do we, (laughs) 
Just look at it that way. So I know people saying, oh, she's talking about Judah. Oh, she's talking about Levi. Oh, she's talking about the 12 sons. Oh, 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 oh. But it's very key. I mean, I'm living the blessing. I'm living the promise. I'm living these virtues. So I'm just passing on what God is doing in my life because it's powerful and it's anointed and it's a blessing. This is very vital. Your blessings, your victory, your position in God are directly connected to this system of glory. There's no way of getting around it. That's why you can have people with a strong prayer life, but they have no manifestation of it. They really are praying. They're really seeking God. They're really filled with the power of God, but they don't understand Judah. Judah represents royalty. The stock of Kings, David and Solomon, they come from Judah. Okay. Even some of the other powerful dispensations in the word of God, Zerubbabel and, um, just, uh, even even um, Caleb, even Caleb comes from the tribe of Judah. Even Isaiah comes from the tribe of Judah. So it's very important. It started with Adam and Eve. Now, this is a little bit of background. This is a powerful revelation. I just realized today it started with Adam and Eve when God put the blessing on Adam and Eve. Listen very closely. The first person or people that God blessed was Adam and Eve. He blessed them and he said, I, uh, he said, be fruitful and multiply. The second person he blessed was Noah. He told Noah the same thing. He said, Noah, I bless you. Now go and replenish the earth, be fruitful and multiply. The third person, three means to establish that he blessed was Abraham. He told Abraham, I will make you a blessing. I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. Those are the three first dispensations of the blessing. The fourth time the blessing was revealed, was through Jacob. Now remember four means to build, four means to build, four means to build. Anytime you see four sets of words, four sets of direction, four, um, four different ordinances together, that means God is building a foundation for whatever reason. Okay. Excuse me. So before establishing the blessing, there must be a dispensation of the promise and a possession because before Abraham could go forward, he had to meet Melchizedek. So we all know that in Genesis chapter 14, um, uh, Abraham is introduced to Melchizedek. They exchange gifts. Abraham gives a tithe to Melchizedek. Melchizedek is known to not have any origin. We don't know where he comes from. We don't know who his parents are. We don't know what tribe he's from. We have, we just don't know. There were no tribes then, but we don't know what his origin is. We just know he was king and priest. Now we do know that there is no one else that should be king and priest in the word of God other than Jesus. But Melchizedek held this particular glory and he's highly esteemed throughout the word of God because the revelation of Melchizedek comes through revelation of the spirit of God to understand him, to grasp his purpose and his concept would open you up to so many different glories in God and in his kingdom. So it's very important that if you have time, make time to study everything that I'm discussing and God will show you a greater understanding of dominion and possessing the land. So God tells Abraham, go forward and possess the land. But before he can possess it, he has to meet Melchizedek. Before you can possess that land, you want that business. You want to be used by God. You need to understand Melchizedek is the order of the blessing. That's what we talked about last week. The order of the blessing begins with Melchizedek. This is why the children of Israel never needed a king. They never had a king. There were kings in the Bible. There was a king of Sodom and Gomorrah. There were kings, um, uh, Abimelech, there were kings before 
Saul. There was kings before Samuel, but the children of Israel had not established a king because in the mind of God, Melchizedek would be king. Okay. In the mind of God, Melchizedek, the blessing of the priesthood and the blessing of the kingship would rule through the people of God through the blessing and the promise of Abraham. Okay. This is very key. So Melchizedek is the king of Salem, Shalem, the king of Salem. If you read in the Bible, you'll read it as Salem, but that's Jerusalem. So this is very important. These are powerful revelations. So Today, we're going to discuss the power of Judah. We're going to discuss the power of Judah, the praise of Judah. Every time you clap your hands, every time you stomp your feet, every time you give God the glory, every time you say, thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you. God, I worship you. Lord, you're awesome. That anointing is birthed through Judah. Judah, Yahuda. That's how they pronounce it. It means to celebrate. It's a descendant of territory. So in Judah, it can mean, now this is key. Judah can mean to celebrate. Judah can mean a name, but it can also mean a territory. Judah can mean a name. It can also mean a territory. Your name can be Michelle, but you don't have any territory until you operate in Judah. Every person has access to a name and identity in God plus territory. Everybody has a identity in God plus territory. Everyone is authorized in God. If they possess it and take it by force, their identity in God and territory. Remember, we're talking about dominion. So uh, Judah also means to hand out. It also means to revere. Now to hand out, he's handing out blessings. He's handing out favor. He's handing out royalty, kingly anointings. Okay. This is where the kingly anointing is birthed through Judah. David, the, the first king. I'm going to talk about how Saul later down when we get closer to Benjamin, I'm going to talk about why Saul was the first king and he's from the tribe of Benjamin, but how, how that didn't work and why that didn't work and how God had to revert back to the tribe of Judah for the king to come out from the rod of Jesse. So uh, Judah can also mean to war with your hands. Okay. Now remember your praise, the devil can't stand your praise. The devil gets upset when you praise God, because this is a method of warfare back to the tribe of Judah going back to the tribe of Judah. As a matter of fact, the Jewish people, the word Jew comes from Judah. So Judah is the most revered son of Jacob for multiple reasons. And we're going to break those down one by one because I'm going to release those anointings to you strategically through understanding so that you can understand. Now, another part of Judah means Yod, Yod, and that means power, direction, distinction, order, ordinance, branch, palm, all of these things are just building, building, building until the king are, is established. So now Jesus is sitting on the throne. He's king of kings. He's Lord of lords. But that all comes from Judah originally. Okay. By uh, Psalms 133 says, behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to, to dwell together in unity. Now watch this. How pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard even Aaron's beard. This is David talking in the book of Psalms 133. Now I'm going to prove to you that everything I'm saying is true. It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard. It went down to the skirt of his garment. So David is taught. This is David, the tribe of Judah 
talking about the oil of Aaron. Aaron is from the tribe of Levi. Levi means to join. So the anointing of Levi and the anointing of Judah are now joined together in a priestly way, in a kingly way, the order of Melchizedek. It even flows down to the skirt, meaning it's going to flow down to the garment. It's going to be a possession. It's going to be a cloth. It's going to be something that you wear. That anointing will dress you if you want to possess a particular land. The Bible says, as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing forevermore. So this is a powerful revelation that will not change. The dew of Hermon, the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. Mount Zion, we all know, is a powerful place. This is where Solomon even built the temple later on after this. So this is a very powerful truth. It will not change. It's stuck there. It's seated there. It's seated in righteousness. It's seated in the word of God. It's seated in the mind of God. David had a spirit of revelation when he was writing most of these Psalms, if not all of the Psalms. And if you look closely, I've never been privy to any of this. The Lord revealed this to me firsthand. But if you look very closely, David is always talking about Aaron and the priest and the king coming together with Judah. David is from Judah. Uh, the priests are from Levi, but they work hand in hand. So you need a priestly anointing to govern over your powers in God, your glories in God, the promise of God. God has told you, you will become great and mighty in this way, in this ministry, in this kingdom. And you'll do this and you'll pull down strongholds and you'll do this. That is leading you into the priestly anointing, meaning you have to be able to offer up and sacrifice. And when you do that, you'll walk into the royal anointing. What is the royal anointing? Peace in the kingdom. Solomon had peace. Nobody went to war with Solomon, but he was the richest man that ever lived. How could that be? The royal anointing from the tribe of Judah rested upon him. So Jacob blessed Judah as an everlasting pillar of power and of glory and of royalty, even um, in Genesis 49. I don't have time to discuss it. This is so exciting to me. I'm so excited. I can't wait to share next Monday, but next Monday, I'm going to be out of town. I'll be back next Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, have a dimension of greatness this week. Remember, Judah means to praise. Let the praise of God be on your lips this week. Have a dimension of greatness this week. Take dominion, take it by force and be led of the spirit of God. God bless you in Jesus mighty name. Have a blessed week.